This is the podcast for September 16th, 2011. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just outside what's left of the League of Women Voters, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. League of Women Voters. Whatever happened to them? I miss them. Yeah, yeah I know. Why aren't well, they running the debates? It's all about franchise now, baby. Yeah. It's going to turn into like a bowl game. It is. You know, it the, is. It's going to be <laughs> the Doritos. <laughs> yeah, the, the Doritos debate. The, yeah. the weed eater debate. Mm-hmm. The, the turtle wax debate. The magnum condom debate of 2012. <laughs> Like a thousand ribbed for tiny her pleasure. Urging you to, like Good. a thousand tiny voters urging you to vote for Barack Obama. Uh huh. If I'm a Democratic strategist, that's what the you know that's what we forget. We don't have anybody running in the primaries. Yeah. There are no Democratic debates. You know, the only yep. thing we got is government and the status quo. It's, yeah. We don't have a freak show going on right now. So. You know, the, 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 the cameras are all over there, which yep, is understandable. It's sad, yeah. but it's understandable. Well, but, you know, the cameras are all over there, and they don't have to be the party of death panels, but they've sort of become that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, yeah. It's really crazy. It's. I mean, this is the party that stopped everything to save Terry Schiavo. Yes. And now they're screaming, yeah, kill them all. Get insured, kill them. Uh-huh. You know, in a coma, kill them. Uh-huh. Well, you know, that's... that's you know, and I wrote a post about, well, what if, through no fault of their own, they fall off a broken bridge that was left abandoned when Republicans were too busy cutting taxes to fix the infrastructure, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if their parents are devout Roman Catholics who've bought hundreds of copies of Callista Gingrich's Pope video? Well, Yeah. There's then we gotta save him. <laughs> what if God is so big he makes a rock that you can't insure it? You know, <laughs> I, these are these are fascinating philosophical <laughs> questions, but but they all come down to the same Randite ideology, yeah. which is you are entirely on your own. I'm trying to think of a movie that John Wayne until it's Redbridge. you and your people who are old and sick and need help. Yeah. Well, which is which was um, what happened with Anne Rand. She went on well, Medicaid. Yeah. But that's because she's a superior being. And, and it was a last resort. I really need it. You hear that from Tea Party people. Yeah, I wish I didn't have to be on Social Security and Medicaid, cause, but I really need it. So well, it's and, okay. And they, they, view, they view social programs the same way they view virgin forests and yeah. untapped oil wells, which is, well, it's just sitting there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, if if you hadn't put that tempting object out there, I wouldn't. I, but I, I just took it because fuck it, why wouldn't I? Yeah, you know, as soon as you stop having Social Security, then you know we'll straighten all this out. But as long as you're leaving the cookies right there on the counter, I'm going to take, take one. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, they're they're moral perverts, is what yeah. they are. They're mm-hmm. they're children, and they need to be um, clapped in irons uh, <laughs> and kept away from the political process. Which I must say. Lawrence O'Donnell came as close to going full drift glass as ever I've heard him on television. Really? It was remarkable. I missed that um, tonight. You know how I, I have said, oh, let's say once or twice in the past, um, that Republicans are just a complete cultural dead loss. Yes. There is no cure for them. They are just fucking gone. I, and I have said that 
I will, <laughs> you know, my, my friends who know me from the pre-blogging days will tell you, I have said that for years. Mm-hmm. It's just an arc that this, you know, the crazy bus is on, and it's been that way forever. And the only thing amusing about it is watching the, you know, last half bright ones or the last gay ones or the last Jewish ones or the last minority ones hop off the bus as it goes off the cliff and go, oh, my God, can you believe all those crazy people? Yeah, that you've been riding with for 30 years? Yes, I've been running alongside the bus telling you that you should get off now because it's full of crazy people and you've been calling me a traitor. So what Lawrence O'Donnell said today is, you know, this is a party that's been losing its mind for years. He said, and we are now reaching the point where they they are now gone forever. They are now... They have now gone – we're now reaching the point where they might actually be irretrievably lost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, dude. <laughs> that sounds eerily familiar and quite accurate. Um, there is a point beyond which the cult can't come back. Right. Um, and they've gone to that point. This is not particularly new to this podcast, but I think I can shine a slightly new light on it this time. Uh, they're a cult. Yeah, and they're a completely closed system. And Do you we think we are- need to make any distinction whatsoever between Republicans and uh, Libertarians at this point? No, 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 no. Liberta- and, you know, Libertarianism is just as depraved and just as you know. Well, no, and, I, and I'm 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 saying it's more depraved because I, the Ron Paul people are just. Beyond. Well, they're purists. Go rent Red River by, uh, uh, which is John Wayne. Mm-hmm. It's it's the pure Randite movie. <laughs> you know, John Wayne comes to the West, um, discovers a bunch of Spanish gentlemen who have killed the Indians and taken their land. He in turn kills them, holds the land by force, kills everyone who gets in his way, raises a bunch of cattle, and that's the end of the story. You know that yep, it's yep. a capitalist success story. It's, mm-hmm. I will seize what you, if you're not strong enough to hold it, I'm going to take it away from you. It's very sort of old school fascistic. You know when you hear William Crystal uh, years ago, when someone would dare ask him how how in the world are we going to invade a third or fourth or fifth country mm-hmm. um, when we've fucked up two invasions we've staged and the army's broken and we have no money. And his answer was always really Nazi-like. It was always, well, if we have the will to yeah, do it, yeah. then we can do it. You know, it's th- it's that creepy master race mentality that says, if we're just strong enough, if we just sacrifice enough, then we can rule the world. And that is what comes through with libertarians. It's the only thing that matters is is pure power and strength. And if I have the strength to take your shit away from you than I deserve it. And fuck you for being weak. And and Darwin's will be done. And the, and the only difference between Republicans and, and Libertarians is Libertarians are honest about it. That was the refreshing thing about these debates. Yeah. Finally, the actual naked, ugly, Darwinian, Hobbesian war of all against all faiths of the right finally came leering out of the dark. And it scared the shit out of the moderators. Now, most Americans have no idea there was a debate. You know, most, most Americans have no idea this is going on at all. But it certainly scared the crap out of the moderators. <laughs> and Republicans, you know, the Republicans as opposed to the Libertarians want to put a gloss of, well, you know, we'll have some social programs and I'll get mine and we'll have some Social Security and some blah, blah, blah. There's some sort of, you know, 
filler in there left over from the Eisenhower years. Mm-hmm. But that's it, really. There's yeah. not a whole lot of distinction. They, they, both groups really hate this country. Yep. And I don't mean that hyperbolically. I mean it no. literally. Yep. They really, really fucking hate this country. Um, and both of them justify their racism in different ways. Old school Archie Bunker Republicans are just fucking racist. They hate Negroes. They hate Mexicans. They hate women. They hate Asians. Hate anyone they that hate, works for the government. Yeah. And they hate anybody who's not them. And libertarians have a whole ideology why their hatred is perfectly justified, yep. but it all comes to the same thing. And they're both willing to lie for their cause. They're both willing to listen to people, only listen to people who tell them what they want to hear. They both deal with disagreement in the same way, by calling you a traitor or a liar or not understanding it. But libertarians occupy a frat house, whereas – I really get a sense from from all of the libertarians that I've met that Mm -hmm. it's either they're young men who are terrified that if they let the government tell them to do anything, their penis will shrink. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, and and the old guys that are libertarians are short uh-huh. or insecure in some other way. Deeply insecure. Yeah. yeah. And Deep, and this insecure. is how they get back at Very everyone angry. for their insecurity is no one's going to tell me what to do. Yeah. They're very angry. Mm-hmm. Very you – know, the, the, the one <laughs> – now that you remind me, one of the uh, early – raving tax libertarians I I came across when I was 19 or 20 this when I played volleyball mm-hmm. in one of the suburbs and this guy was sort of he never blinked mm-hmm. he he sort of looked like Jack Black if Jack Black were a sadist on ass <laughs> you know and he had that kind of con- and he really hated women mm-hmm. hated the government hated taxes and he loved to spike the ball he didn't know how to do anything except spike the ball wow. as hard as he possibly could at everybody, and it drove him. It drove him crazy because I was about twice his height and I could block. You just his rush shot. the net every the time. Yeah, but like, really, right. his 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 whole strategy was just hit whoever's in front of him as hard as he possibly can and laugh about it when they fell on the ground. Yeah. and he was a complete asshole, and he was a tax hating libertarian. Straight on through. He was, he was absolutely consistent in his beliefs. And I'm glad that my country has room for, you know, miscreants and misfits like that. But now they've gathered together into a political party. And now and they've have taken to, over. And it's yeah, really now, kind of, it's freaking some people out for the first time, which I find incredibly amusing. Uh, uh-huh. you and I were talking before, uh, we started recording about David Gergen. He was on CNN and there's a post up at Video Cafe at Crooks and Liars. And here's here's the first paragraph of what he said. He said, uh, there are a lot of people around the country who are just like the folks in this room, the people who yelled out, you know, kill the guy and let the guy in the coma die and, you know, the the death penalty. There are for a lot those of, of you out there who need a translation, uh, that's Aramaic for bring us Barabbas. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people around the country who – this is Gergen. There are a lot of people around the country who are just like the folks in this room, and yet there are a huge number of people. And then he says, an equal number of people. <laughs> in, my, in his like imagination. CNN, the C, I think as someone uncommon says, the CNN shock collar went off when he said huge number of people, and he switched it to an equal number of people who I think were horrified by what they heard in this room. I was getting notes – 
about they ought to keep these people locked up and not let them out. Don't let them do anything to the country, talking about the mob in the audience. Right. So that's the first paragraph, he said. Yeah. Then the second paragraph, when he's you know got in his earpiece, now sum up and make it centrist. May, may I may I suggest yeah. that in, in the over the better universe, the second paragraph would have been a groveling apology to Matt Taibbi. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah. Please, how can I make it up to you? But what he said was so. This race is increasingly, I think, bringing to light and once again how divided and splintered we are and how hard it's going to be for anybody to govern when this is over. Yeah. And, you know, and it really was, as someone said, the shock collar saying you've got to be yeah. balanced. You know, this is CNN Tea Party. You can't say it. And so my comment was Gergen can't say it. Right. That, that a wide swath of his own party are bloodthirsty goons. No, he can't. He can't, he can't say. And the other thing, but the other thing is, he is one of the people who has been an election architect for yes. the GOP for decades, and mm-hmm. all of them, you know, encourage those people to vote because that guarantees fifty percent plus one. Oh, yeah. And now he's horrified. Now they're horrified. Well, remember before David Gergen wandered off to. You know, become advisors to you know, princes. To Clinton and too, yeah, and Clinton. Yeah, yeah. To Clinton too, absolutely. He was he occupied what is now the David Brooks chair. Right, right. It was tower. Shields it was, and Gergen. It was yeah, Gergen and Shields. Yep, for years. Yeah, and and you know he moved on to advise presidents on how best to you know, mollify crazy Republicans and how Republicans on how best to use their crazy base. Yeah. But one of these fine days. Mm-hmm. Um, someone's going to sprint down the hall from where David Gergen is taking his electroshock to the neck and mm-hmm. hearing in his earpiece, don't you dare fucking say what you're about to say. Yeah, yeah. And find out and find the name and the address and the face of the person who's pushing the button and giving those instructions and drag that motherfucker out into the light. Yep. And then we're going to find out. We're going to find who out. Who the fuck is. Yeah, why is it that you want to defend the status quo where the Republican Party cannot kick out racists and death marchers and torturers? Because, because that would admit that – Yeah. Well, because that would admit that, that they, they exist and that yeah. they are a majority and that they've been there. And worst of all, again, the, the worst, worst, worst thing of all is it would prove liberals were right all along. And you can't have and, that. And yep. David Gergen would rather eat a bullet than admit yep. that liberals are right all along. Yeah, because yeah. and the other thing is, you know, this is this is again a common theme, but we're going to loop into it a slightly different way, I think, this week, which is Tom Friedman. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, in the same fucking boat, you know, Tom Friedman cannot cannot uh, at the, literally again at the point of a gun, Tom Friedman could not form his mouth to say the words "the right is wrong and the left was right." Yep. Can't do it. He's and, and the reason he can't do it is because he's a billionaire. He's an incredibly let me let me underscore this: how awful a writer. I'm worried he is. you're. I'm Truly. worried you're going to sugarcoat this, Driftwood. Yeah. Well, you know, um, this is this is. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling generous. I'm feeling very, very generous today. Um, he's an awful writer. I really just. I mean, from just from a, a fellow writer writer point of view, Tom Freeman is just one of the worst goddamn writers out there. It, it's but he's mod- got a book. He's so, got a new got, book out, Driftglass, with a got, co-writer. And if he were ever to open his mouth and say the problem with this country is the Republican Party, mm-hmm. 
four-fifths of the CEOs who bulk buy his crap and force his man- their managers to read them would stop doing it. Yeah. He loses customer base. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of those high flying, you know, above it all. It's it's like the distinction in the Catholic Church. The yep. Catholic Church yep. in advanced industrial democracies are the priest you could drink with and jolly around with. Ha ha yeah, ha ho yeah, ho ho. Yeah, Isn't yeah. it funny how how it's all complicated and it's all theology and it's all it's all a jolly good time. You go to confession, but it's not that bad. When you when you look what that that same church is doing in third world countries, it's horrifying. You know? It's yep. it's the oppression of the poor. But it's, it's also it's also interesting to me that it's it's really the emperor's new clothes for wealthy New Yorkers, yes. people in New York City with Tom Friedman and David Brooks, and mm-hmm. and I see this getting caught with some of my friends. I see some of my friends in Boston getting caught by this as well, which is if you quote Tom Friedman or David Gergen, oh, you know, this time I think he's making a little bit of sense. And maybe we should discuss it in our next group meeting and, you sure. know, discuss it and have it. And it, it makes you sound really intelligent if you believe the bullshit. Right. But as soon as somebody says, no, wait, you have to look for, for instance, in a David Brooks columns, you have to look for the razor blade in the apple, as you have put it many times. You yeah. know, where yeah. is the slam on Democrats and liberals? Look for it. There it is. Now you see it. It's plain as day. It's always there. And it's always there, and, and you're done. And it's not reasonable. You know, we might look at this because it's kind of reasonable, and he's talking about all of us. Wow, Tom Friedman is always using the word us in his book. And yeah. the New Yorker had a really good review of this book. Wow, the self-delusion in this book that there is anything called us. You know, and all of us really just want to wrinkle our brows and, and clasp our hands together and just get to work at, you know, these intractable problems that are facing America. And and it's like you're not paying any attention to the fact that there is no constituency for what you are saying, Tom Friedman. Outside of the very private clubs and yeah, ultra the CEO, you know, penthouses, that's it. Who all vote, you know, who I will not all, but mostly vote Republican. Well, they vote safe. They vote class and they vote safe. Exactly, they vote. They vote their class. This is why class Barack Obama is being really careful. I think. Right. I think that's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, but, we got a really great letter in the mail this week that I want to make sure we get to. If it's all right to switch gears, absolutely. No, no, go go. This was in our snail mail, and by the way, if you can write us two ways, one is by email at proleftpodcast at gmail dot com. That goes to both of us. Uh, if you wish to give uh, a contribution by snail mail and you don't want to use PayPal or you just want to write us a snail mail letter, you may do that at our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 926, excuse me, 926. I'm going to give everyone a California zip code. That'll teach me. (laughs) That'll teach me to dis California. Springfield, Illinois, 62791. I was not dissing California a couple weeks ago, but anyway. And this letter's from California, so there you go. And it's a great letter. It's from Elizabeth in California. Is she asking for refugee status? No. (laughs) She doesn't want to move. (laughs) Neither did anyone else that's right. He wrote to us about my comments about people moving out of California. Just trying to get you in trouble one more time. I love how everyone that wrote us to say, no, no, we won't be moving to the middle of the country because the weather's too bad. We're stable homeowners. 
No yeah. one was living in a garage that wrote me and said, we're not moving to the Midwest because we don't like the snow. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, uh, but here is Elizabeth's wonderful letter. Dear Blue Gallon Drift Glass, greetings from California. Tom McClintock is not my congressman, but I decided to go to my first town hall meeting ever since it was the closest one scheduled during the recess. He did not talk jobs, except, of course, in direct relation to tax breaks for the corporations. And the essential message for the entire meeting was, government is bad. Uh I carried a colorful sign, and she shows a picture of the sign, and it's a (laughs) fabulous sign. It's it's white, big white paper or cardboard, and she used uh, green, blue, and red markers, and a very thick letters, uh, obviously designed to be picked up by the television cameras, it says, Oligarchy Sucks. <laughs> and it's a great sign. It's a huge sign. And she said, so that's me carrying the colorful sign. <laughs> the reporter who took the picture had difficulty pronouncing oligarchy <laughs> and asked for a definition. Huh? Then he said he'd Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I was still surprised my sign got in their local paper. Good for you. It's like malarkey with oligook. (laughs) I am a single mother of four. I get no child support. And by the way, she sent us a contribution, too. Now, Driftglass, I said I wasn't going to cry in this podcast, and I'm not. But really, you're you're choking me up over here, Elizabeth. Uh Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank Thank you, you, Elizabeth, very, very much. I am very lucky and thankful to have a job, and she's a nurse. I don't know what will happen to my company if we can't bill Medicare and Medicaid. You know, Uh good point. Yep. Yeah, period. I have listened to three of your podcasts so far, and you two are a great team. I got Al Franken's The Truth With Jokes at your suggestion from last week's show. And having never read any of his stuff before, I must say, I love Al Franken. <laughs> you're Mike, welcome, Al. You're welcome, Al. Uh, yeah, Al should be sending us a contribution the number of times we mentioned this great book and how much we use it. Uh, my kids love seeing me laugh out loud, indeed. And, and we've recommended before that if you can't, if you don't have time to read his book, uh, it's on audio as well, and he reads it. And it's it's delivered with the typical Al Franken fabulosity. Panache, yeah. Yes. Speaking of books, I will never read Rick Perry's Effed Up. <laughs> That's a good name for it. <laughs> she put an apostrophe in there. Uh-huh. I started and am facilitating a move on, rebuild the dream group. Good for you. And I tell you, it is going to take time to build. I've never done anything like this before, but I have to do something, and I can't do it alone. My love, respect, and admiration to you both. Elizabeth. Isn't that a great letter? Good for you, Elizabeth. We need a million more like you, as we've said before, and uh, love your sign. And And I think there are a million more like her. Yes, well, that's the thing. We've seen them this week in Eric Cantor's district saying, pass the bill. You know, I think... They're, they are out there, and we are out there, and it's time to come forward and uh, 
And fight for what's right. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And and, and these you know. tax we need tax cuts and less regulation. Really? Mm-hmm. What is the deal with that? But that's my congressman. I mean, you know, he's He's sending yeah. me emails every week, you know. Oh, it's job-killing regulation that's the problem. Well, that's my that's, – that's why I, Blue Gal, mm-hmm. thank you for the segue. You know, we're <laughs> 300 miles apart, so I, right can't, now, yeah. I can't see it when you're tugging your ear. <laughs> that's Actually, that's a very good segue because there, I, I'm fiddling right now with a very long post. The thesis is – why Drift Class is more qualified to comment on conservative, crazy-ass rage babble than anyone else on the Internet. I don't mean me personally, although I do mean me personally, but I mean fiction writers, mm-hmm. um, people who, who actually study language and yeah. study narrative, not, not, not the makers of frames and the people who discuss messaging, although that's very important. But one constant theme that we see – on the left, and it's got, and it's been escalating for the last God knows how many years, is just sort of the what the fuck effect. You know, I mean, God bless Rachel Maddow, but her show is starting to become just a series of vignettes of Republicans lying and her just sort of staring at the camera and going, what the fuck? Can, yeah, I mean, can yeah. you believe these people? And the incredulity, the, the degree to which not that the Republicans are, are willing to lie. Yeah. But the degree to which they lie constantly. Well, and that was in Mother Jones this morning. I don't know if you saw no. that, but no. David no. Korn called them liars. And yeah. he said, this is hard to do. This is hard to type. This, oh. this is something that we kind of resist doing in journalism because it's a right. harsh word. And yes. But the fact is that the one person that these Republican debates – are creating lots and lots of jobs for his fact checkers. And it's an easy job. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the way he put it because you could see that he was stepping out on a ledge by entitling his post, you know, the liars. You know, this is, they're lying. And he talked especially about Michelle Bachman because she's constantly caught up in you know, the the uh, Pinocchio test and the pants on fire test and all these things that these little cutesy things that fact checkers come up with to sort of say this is the extent of the lie that she's telling. They're misleaders. But they're misrepresenters. No, they're he, liars. He, he, they're lying. And she's lying. And but he he kind of hedged on Michelle Bachman and said, you know, maybe she is just delusional, <laughs> in which yeah. case do you really want her in the White House? You know, but uh it's true. They're just these these uh, debates are just an opportunity, one after the other, not for misleading, not for bending the truth as a politician always does, but just out and out whoppers, wow. real whoppers, and, and, and one after another, after another, after another, with nobody there to stop them. Right. No. Well, are all. you going to depend on Wolf Blitzer to stop you well, from lying? I mean. Well, Wolf Blitzer is a tool. He's yeah, a fucking yeah, tool. Yeah. I mean, this is the network that hired, you know, the notoriously lying Dana Loesch and mm-hmm. the notoriously fatuous and <laughs> obscenely right wing apologist Eric Erickson. Yeah. On their for their lineup, the, you know, yeah. the CNN is just it. They're they're a sewer um, of flakes and incompetence, and you know they they sponsored a debate 
for teabaggers, <laughs> you know, as if that were a separate, you know, realm, a separate creature of the Republican Party, and it's not. And you mentioned the the, the truth with jokes before. Um, one of the things Al Franken points out, just documents to an obscene degree, is is that is that Sean Hannity. This was in two thousand and four. It's only gotten worse since. Mm-hmm. Sean Hannity just lies continuously. Yep. I mean, it's, it, it, he just lies all the time, and there's absolutely no consequence. Nobody comes along. You know, I remember uh, Dan Rather getting fired. Yes, right. Or for for telling a completely truthful story with a falsified piece of evidence that he was right. dumb enough to believe was true. He blew one thing, lost his job. Sean Hannity. This is something that that we do not emphasize enough on the left because we want to be polite. We want we don't want to call our friends or acquaintances or coworkers morons all the time, but you know, I just feel like grabbing people by the lapel and going, you realize, of course, that the person you're listening to on the radio all day Calling long is, the lying, to you, yeah, is yeah. lying to you all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time you, you listen to Fox News, you're putting your head in a sewer, right? And you're yeah. letting Rush Limbaugh shit in your brain every day of your fucking life. On some cellular level, you realize that, right? You're not that completely fucking stupid, right? There's some little bit of humanity left in you somewhere, right, that realizes you're being lied to all the time and you're doing it voluntarily. What the fuck is wrong with you? And there's no answer to that because no one ever phrases the question that way because they, they're terrified of the answer, which is they don't care anymore. Yep. They, they, have, they, are, they have become a completely self-contained cult and and the only thing television cares about is entertainment and eyeballs and audiences. So Michelle Bachman lies constantly. Why, why shouldn't she? Her, her media buddy, Sean Hannity, lies all the time. Bill O'Reilly lies all the time. And I'm not talking about little things. I'm talking about big, whopping, as you said, verifiable, um, obscene, ridiculous, treasonous lies all the time. Dick Cheney lies all the time. The entire Bush <laughs> uh, White House lied constantly. Were they ever impeached? No. Did they ever go to jail? No. Clinton was impeached for trivia. Liberals get impeached for trivia. And that's something that, that's something we should all be really frightened of is that these people are so evil and have gotten so emboldened by, by, because they keep crossing these transgressive lines of you can never lie on television. No, yes, you can't. In fact, there's a, there's a TV network whose entire business model is lying to these no neck, meat stick fuck nozzles all the time. Yeah, and I want to know what happens when uh, Rupert Murdoch dies. Because his kids aren't as Reagan-worshipping as he is. No, but the machine will go on. Well, the machine will go on, but I'm wondering if it won't switch gears because Murdoch's Asian wife raises money for Obama. Mm -hmm. And if if anyone in that camp inherits... The Empire, you know, I can easily see Hannity just switching and pivoting like nobody's business. Oh, now we're now we're being liberal. Great, give me the teleprompter and I'll read it, yeah. and I'll do see? just a great job. <laughs> no, see, this is this is see, this is what happens to cults, and you know, mm-hmm. it used to be the you know the extreme right of the movement you know that there used the there used to be a lot of people in the movement who thought they could just pivot yeah yeah and and you know when when just at the moment it got too crazy they could jump off the gravy train yeah, and pivot yeah, and say well yeah. i'm not going to go that far look what happened to those people yeah 
Yeah. Those people were cast aside. The, the movement yeah. has gone merrily along. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm gotten, also presuming that that side of the family would be uh, more ideological than profit-driven. It's, yeah. They see that Fox News is making money being what it is. They're just going to leave it to be what it is. And, you know, it's, you know, we're, that's the conservative product that we sell. And it is just like soap, you know, mm-hmm. so. Except yeah. that has real actual consequences. Yeah. You know, the, the, a network that is, that is literally Orwellian, not, not, you know, in every day. I mean, yeah. that their business plan is here are the lies we will tell to the boobs who watch us. Exactly. To yeah. make them vote to destroy this country. Yep. And that's the business. That's what they do every day. And I don't blame them necessarily, but the people who go along with it. Yep. The average American yokel who goes along with it. Well, you know, both sides do it. it Yeah. Are are what we can't survive. Yep. We can't Can't. have the country can't save it. We can't have them have any any political power. Exactly. We've got to fight them full force. Yep. And so what what's what this has devolved into, and this is why. Literary critics are are actually better political analysts than political analysts. Uh-huh. Is bless their hearts, um, Ezra Klein doesn't know how to cope with these people. Doesn't know how to frame them. Doesn't know how to explain them. Um, um, Rachel Maddow doesn't know how to do that. Yep. Um, for all of their good intentions, they keep trying to apply a political template to people who just lie all the time. Yeah. And don't understand why there's no consequence to it, why people aren't stopping that, why the referee isn't showing up, why Whereas English they, majors understand that there are major themes that can't miss, as as the Harvard Lampoon yeah. Big Book of College Life says. There is good versus evil. There is the journey. Yes. There there yes. are these templates that are literary that you can put right on this and get it. <laughs> well and and what you have to understand, my dear liberal friends who want to do political analysis, mm-hmm. is this has nothing to do with politics. Yeah. It has this to do with morality. Yeah. This is fan fiction. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. this yeah. is Kirk and Spock Maybe they're gay. Let's make them gay, and then they'll have go have gay sex. And McCoy can be gay too. And and every weird little fantasy you have about these fictional characters. So, you know the the progenitors of the the fiction. And I really, I, what you have to do, and this is this is something I am pioneering, and I am going to trademark, and I'm going to use as my resume to get myself a really sweet, high-paying job somewhere, possibly (laughs) Rolling Stone, is that you have to analyze Republican politics as a literary sub-genre, as genre fiction. Like any genre fiction, there are tropes. There are white hats and black hats. There are martyrs and heroes. There's the antagonists, the chosen people, the ring of power, (laughs) you know. Excalibur. There's there's all of these things that have been put in place that you're never ever allowed to violate. Yep. Ronald Reagan is Uther Pendragon. You know, Ronald Reagan is the Fisher King. Tax cuts are Excalibur, mm-hmm. and liberals are, you know, the monsters and the villains. And and so you're never allowed to let liberals have anything other than contempt. And you can see that in the way. Republicans, even expatriate conservatives, talk about their own movement. They say, you know, I can't believe how crazy these fuckers have gotten. But, of course, liberals are evil, too. You have to always throw in the liberals are evil, too, crap, which is why Tom Friedman exists. He understands the rules of his game. You're never allowed to say liberals are right, conservatives are wrong. So 
either conservatives have to be right all the time and liberals wrong all the time, which collides repeatedly with reality, or you have to have it so that they're both sort of equally wrong, but liberals are slightly more wrong all the time and the center is the place to be, which is also a lie. Yes. But it is, it is not a political ideology. You will never understand that if you keep trying to apply political logic, electoral logic to this. It's a genre, a fiction. And they're writing it. And the difference between a Star Trek convention and a Tea Party convention, I mean, they both dress up in costumes. They, they both act out crazy little skits. They both fetishize, you know, the objects and, you know, the, the tricorders and the Second Amendment are exactly yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, The little yeah. flags. They fetishize the objects of their fantasy. The difference is even the most hardcore Star Trek fan realizes – it's a fantasy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. the Star Trek universe started in a particular place, was written by particular people, and they, they get that this is, they're acting out. Tea partiers don't know that they're living in a fantasy. So when is Captain Kirk gonna go before, their Captain Kirk gonna go before a tea party convention and say, you know, have you ever kissed a girl? Never. <laughs> yeah. Never. Their Captain Kirk is Dick Army. Yeah, he's making money and off of it. Big he's time. He's making money off of these, the, these pinheads. Yeah. Acting out their their fake constitutional, you know, their yeah. fake love of a fake country that never existed. Yeah, and it will and and because it works to the electoral advantage of fascists and corporatists and oligarchs, and because it fulfills the fantasies of dominionists and other people who want to destroy this country from within, it's never going to stop until we stop it. They're never going to come to their senses, and they're never going to stop howling in public for blood. They're going to get more honest about it. (laughs) They're going to to start getting even more uh, willing to stand up in public and say, yeah, everybody who's not like me, fuck them. Let them die. That's really what they mean. And as I told friends of mine 20 years ago who wouldn't believe me then, I said, yeah, these fuckers are serious. These fuckers are coming for your country, and they're not a joke, and Rush Limbaugh is not an entertainer. He's a fascist. Well, and, and I want to give everyone this thing that came into my head last night was when people start talking right-wing politics versus both sides do it and, oh, you know, liberals are equally bad, you know, just hold up your thumb and forefinger in a picture of an L and say, I don't want to name names, but the person that runs the Republican Party and then put that L on your forehead and go, Limbaugh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and just – Really understand that what is being shouted out from the audience at these debates is pure rush. I mean, that's yeah. just. It's all it is. All it is. Yeah. And, you know, He's, we have to stop it, but we also have to stop this podcast. I know. <laughs> time to I wind know. it up as much as I I'm know. having a great time. So let's let's uh let's let's thank our listeners. We're so glad for you and feel free to write us again. Our website is professionalleft.blogspot.com. There you can listen to us for free with no download and no registration. We have a Facebook page and someone suggested last week that I spell the last name if you want to friend me. It's Francis with an E. F R A N C E S Langham L A N G U M. If you friend me on Facebook, I'll be glad to friend you back. But we also have a Facebook page for the professional left, which is linked at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. You can like our podcast, and our podcast is posted there on the Facebook page every week. 
We are on iTunes. We love our iTunes listeners. Thank you to those of you who have rated and reviewed our podcast on iTunes. You're a smarter group than I (laughs) in terms of how to do that. Sometimes it's a little complicated. And also a special shout out to our Crooks and Liars listeners and those who are listening on netrootsradio.blogspot.com on Sunday nights. Yeah. All of you are very welcome, and we love our Crooks and Liars listeners and our Netroots Radio listeners as well. Uh, you can contribute to our podcast, and I thank those of you who not only contributed last week, but also sent me what I can only call kicks in the ass email. <laughs> 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 Don't cry, Blue Gal. You've got a lot going for you. Kick. <laughs> and thank L- you loving, so much. Ki- loving kicks. Oh, very loving. And uh, I had people preach to me and give me lots of hope. And uh, it was just great. So I appreciate all your support. Um, you can contribute to the podcast one of two ways. One is at a PayPal button at our website. And the other is by snail mail. Again, our snail mail address, you make checks payable to the Professional Left Podcast and send them to P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. One last thing, if you email us at proleftpodcast at gmail.com or send us a snail mail letter, we do reserve the right to read your email or letter on the air unless you tell us otherwise. Yes. And sometimes we really do that, like Elizabeth. Fisk. Like Elizabeth in California. And thank you, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. again. Thanks, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So, Blue Gal, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, the Internet Kitties have found a new hobby, Drift Glass. They're auditing the Fed. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, dubbing. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2011, Drip Glass Blue Gal Podcast. Okay. I'm so tired. (laughs) All right. Two more lines and we're done, right? Right. All right. Although I have a long and winding story about Ayn Rand I should tell you about. No.